0: Alrighty, welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze Man of Steel one individual minute at a time. My name is Mark. You can
1: find me on all social media at Mark Meadows, and I'm Nathan. You can also find me on social media at No Clutch Night, as well as my Instagram page Clutch Figures.
2: And I'm Joe Dorowski, and I'm joining you guys uh, from the Protagonist Podcast. Minute is a podcast that I uh, co-host, where we talk about a great character and a great story every week. And I'm happy to be on with you guys.
0: Cool. Welcome, welcome. Hey, and Joe, you also have a, if I'm correct, you have a PhD in studying superheroes?
2: (laughs) Kind of. Uh, My my PhD is in uh, American Studies, which does a lot of uh, American culture work, and my emphasis was popular culture with a narrower emphasis on superheroes. Specifically, I wrote my dissertation on race and gender in X-Men comic books.
0: Oh, wow. Cool. Cool. So are you excited for Logan that's coming out soon?
2: I am. Uh, the uh, The X Men film universe has been a, a mixed experience for me, <laughs> cinematically or just
1: in general. Yes the
2: the cinematically uh, yeah. the cinematic X Men universe is there, there's been some great ones and some not so great ones yeah. that they've released. I
1: think we're all on the same page on that one. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, today we're talking about Man of Steel, and today's minute is minute number forty one, and the minute starts with Cal examining some life pods on the ship, and then the minute ends with Cal uh unzipping lois's jacket for some reason Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um so in this minute he's uh, he's looking at some life pods he wipes away the dust on one of the life pods and there's a a, a dead being there there's
2: skeleton he doesn't know mummified skeletal kind of kryptonian i guess
0: yeah which he doesn't know is kryptonian right like is he like, well, I guess once you've put the command key in the last minutes, it must, he must
1: have just been like, all right, this is... I guess he's assuming that it's a Kryptonian. Like one of him. Because that he's already yeah. decided that, oh, this is my ship. This is where I'm, I'm from. But and, uh, still, it's kind of terrifying if you just see a skeleton just sitting there no matter what.
0: Yeah. And this this being that's dead, I don't know who it is. I don't think it's anyone important,
1: right? Uh no, it's just one of the crew members that was from the prequel comic book. Okay, that we now actually got a, our hands on. So um. yeah, <laughs> so this
0: was all kind of told in a in a prequel Man of Steel comic. Um, this person was killed by Dev M, right?
1: Yeah. Okay. It's um it's a little odd because I'm I'm looking over the prequel comic now, and it it seems like all the members of the crew, um, Dev M, actually took out of the of the pods. It doesn't seem like any one was left there, and I'm actually viewing it now. And it looks like they were all just staged at the command center, you know, at their little posts and stuff after, after uh, Kara wakes up. So a little bit of a continuity issue. So they were killed while working? I believe he killed them and took them out of the pods and kind of made it as a setup so that when Kara wakes up, she... Is, is kind of taken off guard. You know, she sees, like, the back of them sitting at the ship, and she's like, well, why didn't anybody wake me up? And, you know, it's not like... She she did examine the other pods. They were all open. um, Unless... Unless after the prequel, someone went back to the ship and and put one somebody back, but that doesn't seem like
2: it's like it's viable. Hmm. So the because he looks from the one pod that has the skeletal remains in it over to a pod that is open, and I had heard I've never read that prequel comic, but I had heard that was supposed to be an Easter egg hinting towards Akara. Yeah, uh, a escape it's, like she was the one who lived, but the other Kryptonians on the ship all died. Yeah, was what was supposed to be hinted. Yeah, is that
0: which raises a lot of questions. Because um, if she lived, and this was... In an earlier minute, they say that the ice is 20,000 years years old, mm-hmm. which means a ship crashed 20,000 years ago, which means Supergirl's been on the planet 20,000 years ago. Or DevM. Or DevM, whichever one won, because it, it, the ending of the prequel comic is left ambiguous. Um, so to have someone like that... That has the ability to have super superpowers. <laughs> do you think that being is still on Earth, or do you think they've left?
1: Um, <laughs> if if you, if you want my opinion, it could be. I mean, obviously you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> um, but I think that if if one single Kryptonian was still alive, um, and they went through that whole period of you know, the evolution of man and seeing all these civilizations being built, they could be seen as, like, their god figure, but also that's so out of character for Kara, but it wouldn't be out of character for DevM. but also... It might might not
2: be out of character for a Zack Snyder Kara.
1: Yeah, okay, yeah, sure. (laughs) Um, But it seems like maybe they caught on to their super abilities, and maybe they were, you know, kind of keeping low, like how... Um. Oh my gosh, what's his name? Devim. No. Who? Drawing a blank here. Wow, terrible. Anyway, um, they could be just keeping it a secret, and until the world is introduced to another Kryptonian, where maybe it's kind of like the same Wonder Woman story, where they're not made public until the events of the Black Zero Chaos.
0: Mhm. Well, I was thinking that a superpower being like this could. Uh, create a messianic symbol for like the birth of certain religions. Mm-hmm. So maybe like these characters played a part. Like, you, you, maybe um, like their presence is what spurred, like, uh, I'm just trying to think. It's hard to say Greek mythology because we know Greek gods exist now in this yeah. universe. But <laughs> yeah. you could get into like maybe Egyptian gods or like they could have paved the way for like Egyptian. Um, Hierarchies and, yeah, it and could the be. Like, basis mm-hmm. of their culture, and they could have had an effect. And then we get to, there's also characters like Vandal Savage. That's who I was thinking of. Oh, oh my gosh, <laughs> wow,
1: how embarrassing. But yeah, it could be like a Vandal Savage <laughs> kind of deal where they've just had this entire, you know, 20,000 years and, you know, could have an influence. Yeah, Kryptonians do have prolonged life uh, under a yellow sun, so. Maybe there is a Vandal Savage Kryptonian kind of character in this. Yeah, universe. they could just
0: like merge into one character. Yeah,
1: and be like, oh, this instead of an asteroid
0: giving the guy his abilities, it's yeah. just a Kryptonian. It's just a yeah. Kryptonian who lived that long. Then
1: I mean, and if that were the case, it would take out a lot of other. No, see, it's kind of different because in the prequel comic, they reference the Kryptonians reference the, the Thanagarians as savages. You know, when they're trying Mm -hmm. to to, to murder, um, or they're uh, sentencing Devim to murder, they say that they're not savages like the Thanagarians, and the Thanagarians actually have that metal from the asteroid and the meteorite, so that kind of would throw out that whole character (laughs) arc of of them.
2: (laughs) Hmm. Apparently, I need to read this prequel comic. There is a lot in there that's it, not in the film. <laughs> it,
1: it's a little, like, here and there. There's some things, but it's a really quick read. Um, I can send you over a link if you want later on. But uh, it's it's not like there's a lot to take away from it. It's a really quick story. It's just kind of showing how the scout ship got there.
2: Yeah, this, uh, I mean, the, I think one thing we're kind of running into, like, the statement that the ship has been there for, is it 18,000 or 20,000 years? However long it is, yeah. they say in the movie. Like, it kind of... Makes you scratch your head on a lot of points. Yeah, <laughs> like, absolutely. Like, this Kara, like, was she on Earth for this entire time? Or or DevM? Uh, but also, like, did Kryptonian tech never advance in 20,000 years? Because that's the same tech that was on Krypton, right, when Clark was launched off. Yeah.
1: Yeah, We we actually had this discussion before where... Like well, all the computers and stuff. Like, there's no more advanced. Like, and uh, you know, his flash drive still works. Yeah, and and uh, so after... <laughs> exactly that was the exact yeah. point. Like, his <laughs> his command key was still working. You know, and and we know that the story from the time that Carl left Krypton to the time that Jor El created the command key for Cal was a great number of years. Yeah,
0: that went by. The only thing I can think of is maybe there's a displacement in time because like. Yeah, it's 20,000 years here on Earth since she landed. But being that Krypton is 27.1 light years away from Earth, like maybe in Krypton They were traveling eyes, at different speeds. Yeah, <laughs> like, like the two they, ships. <laughs> by the time uh I'm just trying to think like Krypton's destruction, like how long ago was that from uh, to when Clark, Clark is, is yeah, Clark departure? Being... Like I feel like that's more like that's more key. Yeah. Because um, mm-hmm. it's hard to track time with another planet that's light years, like, 27 light years away. They, yeah. It's almost like... Those things happened way yeah. long ago, irrelevant yeah. to, to yeah. everything. Like, it's seeing a, a star that you know exploded light years ago, but you still see it right now. Yeah. It's one of those mm-hmm. things. So and,
2: and depending on how fast the two different ships came, they could have been launched closer together on Krypton. Yeah, which is at different
0: my speeds. question about... I had that question about Calo's ship because it's like in the movie, it, it just looks like they launched a ship and then he was in uh, the galaxy. Yeah. Like he was, he, he ended up right next to Saturn, but it was like, well, how long did that actually take? Like, how long is that light speed travel taking him? Or it's not even light speed. It's like phantom drive. Well, yeah. I, he, I, I
1: don't think the scout ships used the same phantom drive technology as Cal's ship did because
0: they're more advanced less advanced uh,
1: less advanced. Um, cuz in the prequel comic they they do have to go through this cryo sleep um Clark never had to go through cryo sleep when he was you know traveling from krypton to earth and in that time there was 10 years that passed that Kara was on the ship and that Devem was able to learn the ship and learn the everything and yada yada for 10 years that he had solitude on that ship and waited for Kara to to wake up um so it's just it's a weird trade off
0: yeah it, i'm almost yeah, it's interesting because you want to say it's been a very long time, but maybe for Krypton it hasn't been. So yeah. I, I hope that this is something that in a later Man of Steel film, a Superman film sequel in the DC Universe, that this is touched on and that it's not just left... Because then that's almost a plot hole. Yeah. That's I mean,
1: only... even if we get just another prequel to a sequel to Man of Steel comic book or anything. Pre- prequel to. Oh. Oh, <laughs> it could a be explained. Yeah. Oh, okay. A sequel to the prequel. <laughs> sequel to the prequel. Yeah. Um, um, which just sounds like normal. The film itself would be the sequel to the prequel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: but I, I, I do, I would like to see Supergirl yeah. in the universe. I think she has been given a cool history lately. Um, not just Red Lantern stuff, but you know when she gets like, uh, when Darkseid has a uh, yeah he he wants that that character uh, more so than Superman. It sometimes goes back and forth. Sometimes Darkseid really wants Supergirl. Sometimes he wants Superman. I think he just wants Kryptonians in and general. Then, and then characters like Brainiac also want Kryptonian. So I think introducing a second Kryptonian that's actually good because lately in the DC universe only Superman's a good one. Yeah, we've seen General Zod is evil, Doomsday evil, like. Now it's time to see Supergirl and Superman do some cool stuff together, and I'm excited to see that. Um, oh, I didn't know how <laughs> no. segue to segue that. Yeah, yeah, all right. Um, moving on to the next scene or the next shot, uh, we do see Lois Lane still uh, somewhat interacting with this uh, sleuthing around. Yeah, this she's doing some investigating. And she sees the, uh, I forget what they're the called. The security droid? Yeah, security. security robot? You just call it security <laughs> robot. <laughs> that is what it's called. The jailbot. Yeah, that's what I call, I call it. a jailbot. The co- um, Cobra
1: security Yeah,
0: robot. she, okay, so here's my question. So she's used to this kind of harsh, like, she's used to being on front lines kind of thing, like dangerous situations. You think, is she, does she not care that this thing might be dangerous? Does she know it's dangerous? Or is she just like, cause I I gotta believe that she m- has been in front of dangerous animals before, being low slain. Yeah, <laughs> yes. So
1: she, she, on, a, <laughs> a, on a weekly basis, she goes into a a tiger cage and just kind of oh yeah, <around. laughs> I feel like if well you know,
0: she's like I'm not comfortable if I'm not in a flak jacket or anything. It's like well, <laughs> here's this angry robot and nothing's telling you. There's no like alarms going off in your head like maybe i should hide and, and take photos and
1: yeah <laughs> maybe i should
2: just hold very still yeah i mean <laughs> <Don't> it, even <laughs>
1: yeah even when it, i think it, it it opens up later like it makes that whole you know kind of cobra yeah this thing movie. that looks a little angry it, it does seem like that should be like huh well this I've is probably that. bad
0: because <laughs> we as an audience we recognize that like it's rattling we think of a snake and it's like that's very snake like that it's yeah living. I know what that means. And, and instead, she takes a photo of it.
2: So, Well, she in her defense, she did have to get that product placement in. Yeah. The Nikon. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's a lot of close-ups on the Nikon logo yeah, in this one minute. Of course. And
1: um, I don't know. Maybe she just never – maybe Jurassic Park doesn't exist in this world to have the Dilophosaurus with its hands. It. No. I... <laughs> no, I don't want to live in a world where Jurassic Park doesn't exist in anything. No,
0: I, I think she must have, like –
2: She's gotta. It.
1: It's still. It just goes back to that really persistent, ballsy Lois Lane. Yeah, she's like, that's what I'm, I'm going to take pictures of this. That's I what mean,
2: I'm and it, it kind of makes me think of um, last year. There was a photograph that won like every photograph, news photograph of the year awards, and it was in Turkey when a man assassinated. A Russian ambassador oh yeah there was a photographer there that took pictures of the assassination as it happened and the way the pictures look it almost looks like this is what you'd have seen staged in a movie like it's so perfectly framed mm-hmm. and everything's in perfect focus and there's a body lying on the ground and an angry man pointing a gun and there's a photographer who took those pictures and uh, like if you've ever if you go look this picture up you'll see other pictures of the moment and a lot of them start to look bad angles and jostled because the guy runs and hides but there is one picture of like right after the moment happened that he'd stood his ground and and took the picture as a news photographer and then he ran and hid.
0: I yeah, I think I remember which isn't it? Doesn't it look like he's like in an art museum or something?
2: Yeah, the, it was at an art museum. It was uh and a man, it was a security guard assassinated the Russian ambassador right there. Um and this uh one photographer had happened to like it, like he, he I've read an article about him. He's like I was just going to go home and I thought, "Nah, maybe I'll get a couple pictures just in case I can sell one." Uh, <laughs> well. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> for him.
1: Um so you're going to attribute Lois's characteristics so, so the to the
2: n- the news instinct, I guess, right okay. there, that I'm going to get one picture, and then I'm going to run and hide, and she happens to get taken out before that can happen. All I, right. Spoiler. <laughs>
0: hmm, yeah, so I guess she wasn't expecting... Um, so the robot throws this giant liquid geo whip arm at her. Uh, mechanical
1: just, whip is what it's called. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. Quote, unquote, special Kryptonian term. Throws this mechanical whip at her just... Like lifts her off the ground, destroys the camera, right? Destroys the camera, I think. I think they show oh, it
2: showed it again, Destroy. You see it on the ground, but, uh, but it landed all logo sides up. Yeah. yeah like <laughs> there you go. It looks like, I mean, <laughs> it
1: looks just like the lens fell off and the batteries came out. Yeah. Which will raise more questions. <laughs> God forbid later. the batteries fall out. Later right? for me, <laughs> I believe.
0: Um. <laughs> it shakes the camera. You're going to ruin the film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it, it comes. Now I'm guessing. So she screams. Clark in the next scenes hears it. And yeah. Now he knows that there's
2: someone in with him. Yeah. No. So as, as any time before yeah, that, he wasn't listening guys... to
1: the footprint, <laughs> foot footsteps or anything. you guys just
2: did the minutes before this? Is this supposed to be a secure location? I couldn't remember because I wasn't watching guys closely. I rewatched the film, uh, but then I, I did have the question: like, once they're all in, and like, was this a secure location and they're just wandering in, <laughs> or? Like, for the the Air Force base and all that? Yeah. The, was the military not wanting civilians to be wandering around this I, alien artifact they've discovered?
1: Well, yeah, they couldn't get to it. It they, was it was so far buried, they haven't been able to drill okay. down there yet. Yeah. I and guess, they haven't
2: noticed that.
0: Yeah, the ice formed over the, the scout mm-hmm. ship, creating this hill. Right. And they um, were, had, I guess, I don't even know if they had plans to excavate it. I think they just were there to just monitor it. For the meantime, until they knew what to do with it.
2: Shooting a railgun um, down there and yeah. sonar, whatever. So, Cal L uses the only way that he got to it was using his heat mm-hmm. vision. He, right, and, but no one noticed besides Lois, right? No exactly. one noticed because
0: I feel like, in my opinion, Joe, which is Cal L, he was there for a couple days just to scout the area out before he even tried to get into it. Which he knew, like, okay, this is the shift that I have the most opportune time okay. to do this. And so that's what he did. And then, um, so once he got in there, no one, and I guess no one's really expecting someone with heat vision to just...
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's not expected that someone's going to be tunneling in. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, um... He finally hears it, and then he's like, oh, shit, there's someone here with me. And you're saying that he was distracted, or he just wasn't paying attention?
1: I think he just wasn't paying attention. This is, like, like we've said in the past, is a very novice Superman that isn't, you know, constantly aware of everything, especially later on when he's aware of Lois's heartbeat. He's not paying attention to that. He hasn't met her. He hasn't had that relationship with her. So I think he's just so engulfed in finding out that, you know, this is his people's ship. Mm-hmm. that it's just he heard the echoes of the scream and was like, oh, oh I, I got to do something.
0: Or unless it goes back to your super reporter the- theory where she, no matter what Superman can do, she's always going to be there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to help out your thesis there.
0: <laughs> I mean, <I'm>, Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, so he gets... he uh, This robot's playing to attack her again. Superman finally shows up mm-hmm. and crushes Con- it. He wrestles it. <laughs> it. It works. It, it, it's, it's believable.
1: What, that he attacks it?
0: The, the whole crushing CGI. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, which I think
1: that, that that part works. Yeah, I had a question, though. Um, if he put his command key in in, a, in previous minutes, and the, the previous security robot was like, oh, okay, you're a Kryptonian, you're in charge now. I think now. it's the same robot. Sure. Okay, so if it was, why couldn't he... And I don't know if this is just because he didn't know that it listened to him or whatever. Why couldn't he just be like, hey, stop, hold on. Instead of destroying it, does he have to use brute force? I mean, I know it's you know, a classic Superman trait to to beat things up. But right. He's already trying to impress Lois. Yeah. He's show. Is, is it just like a, like a feat of strength, like watch me crush this and save the girl?
0: I think yes in the eyes of the director. Like, oh, the audience wants to see him crush this thing, yeah. not... Talk it down, yeah not, it's not like uh, it's
1: still good for the character in this universe i'm I'm not you know dogging on that, but yeah, again, just normal arguments that I just want to bring a bring about bring about, <laughs> bring about. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: yeah, so he, he he grabs it, he crushes it, um, and then she's freaking out now she's freaking out yeah, like sh- has she ever been wounded in any other thing before? Like, she talking about shot being in dangerous anything. situations.
1: Um, I don't know. If she doesn't get writer's block or she, she Yeah, she gets writer's block <laughs> unless she's not in a flak jacket. And flak jackets could essentially stop a bullet from going through you. Mm-hmm.
0: And, well, it's like... This is the first time a human being is being attacked by an alien. So, in her eyes, she, she didn't see the, the whip coming. She didn't know what was Oh, happening. yeah. It was all really fast. She, you know, if you know anything about aliens in media, like... For all she knows, she could have been like vaporized or something, right? <laughs> so. Well, yeah, and, that's.
2: Uh, I mean, the wound is pretty significant from what Clark is going to say. Like, I think her body would be going into shock. Yeah, uh, with with that kind of um, impalement. Yeah, yeah. and, and she...
0: I, I think she's so in shock that she doesn't notice that she's been hurt that
1: bad.
2: Yeah, I
0: mean, she gets flown. Mm-hmm.
1: What was it like? So they said something where she gets flown like twenty feet across a room or something ridiculous where it's like, oh yeah you know her her back her spine would have just shattered when she hit that wall <laughs> it's pretty yeah it's, it's again, pretty, it's a comic book movie it's
0: a cool scene <laughs> yeah. it's a it, it's really well done it this it, is still playing into that whole almost eerie frightening horror genre yeah yeah it's it this is a very creepy this whole scene from the From the minute she stepped out of her uh, base camp, leading into the tunnel, the whole ship, he's examining life pods, there's dead bodies, there's open pods, there's a guy wandering around the scout ship for some reason, Mm -hmm. um, and then this thing with the rattling, and then it whips her from, like, out of nowhere, like, audience aren't really ready for that, like, and then, just, yeah, whips her across the room, and it, it it, it leads into that whole... That whole horror bit, like, yeah, Zack Snyder just needs to do a horror film, and I think it
1: would it would <laughs> wouldn't be so bad. Another <laughs> horror film, yeah.
0: Oh yeah, Dawn of the Dead. Um, so he's, she's freaking out. He's on her now. Does she think that he's a threat as well? Like he's an alien, like or.
1: It might go back into that whole being in shock and being in, you know, massive amounts of pain where you don't know what's going on. You just got flown, you know, many feet across the room and slammed into a wall. You're probably like, what, 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 what's going on? And then another person shows up. You're going to freak out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course, you, you think they're, yeah. they're going to harm you more.
2: I mean, she. so all she knows about him is that he is inhumanly strong at this point, but he looks like a human in an alien spaceship. So there's got to be some oddness, like, oh, you're one of me, but I just saw you do something that I don't think a human would be able to do. And this is, I, I mean, in the next minute, just talking about the horror, the way Zack Snyder does the heat vision, also, I will say, is it, it's very visually interesting, but it does add an element of horror to the idea of Superman. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah we get a lot of...
1: A lot of stuff about the heat vision. It seems that it's positive all this time.
0: It's... it's, Yeah, it is neat. I like the way that they did it. But from this film and for films on, every time he does use heat vision, it does seem... More scary than it does seem cool because it, it the the glowing arteries are on the yeah. eyes and and it, it mm-hmm. should
1: be frightening. I mean, it's I mean, they, they constantly go back to it, especially in you know the next movie. Uh, you know, it's a being that can shoot yeah. fire from his eyes. Like that's you don't that's not something where it's just your eyes glow and you don't see you know or you know just classic like little laser beams. It's like oh yeah, that's cool. He's shooting lasers. Yeah. Like no, that's fire coming out of his eyes. Because besides
0: like straight up punching someone Mm -hmm. that's the most brutish power that he has because it is just pure power coming out of his eyes so it it, i guess it has to be scary you can't really play it lightly yeah when you know that especially like in the later films you know uh, those laser beams can cut through a building yeah so
1: it's definitely i guess it it makes sense
0: that it's terrifying and they just play on that that fact
1: yeah
2: Can we uh, talk about his Flynn Rider smolder that he gives Lois Lane to calm her down if she's freaking out? (laughs) Yep, I was gonna bring that up. I was
1: like, as if as if a good looking guy can look harmless. Like she's just like, oh, chiseled jaw. All right, I'm in good hands now. He's just like he's calling. He's like, all right, chill chill out, lady. Look, look how good I look. Look in my eyes. Like I know I own a mirror and I know I look this good. (laughs) So you shouldn't be angry towards me. But where the minute cuts off, it gets a
2: little weird because he starts to unbutton her jacket. <laughs> yeah, yeah he's exactly. holding her down. Like
1: she looks
0: at him and she's shocked. She's freaking out. He's like, "Hey, hey, you know, relax, calm down." And then
1: and then un- unbutton it. Cue the and then smirk. And then Cue
0: looks the... down yeah. and unbuttons. I like I feel like she, I don't know. She,
2: I would almost to have like... a lot of emotions happening right there, and some of them are gonna be fear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. what is he doing?
0: Like you can almost take that in the wrong way and be like this guy is smirking in a negative way yep. like, yeah almost like mm-hmm. i have you now
1: kind of thing oh yeah he's darth vader yeah so. exactly darth vader there we go um and
2: just particularly for us where this one minute cuts off it's like wait, wait what yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly
1: it's yeah it could it's it's a lot of emotions that she's feeling right now and again like you said fear is probably you know at the top right yeah because in her eyes probably levels
0: she's probably gonna think like I'm in the shit now. Like, what is this alien about to do to me? Yeah,
1: he's pinned me down.
0: <laughs> this is the probing that they always talk about in those <laughs> films. <laughs> uh, this is true. Um, but that's all I got. I mean, this really was the minute where we found out a lot. Well, the Easter egg about Cars or El, the life pod. Mm-hmm. Like, this is that moment. Yeah. Um, And then this is also the first time that, well, it's not the first time that Lois Lane and Call meet, but it's the first time that they really meet. Yeah. <laughs> eyes to eyes, face to face. Yeah. Nose mm-hmm. to nose. Like, I know you, you know me now. <laughs> yeah, kind of.
1: I wonder if she recognized that he was the guy carrying the bags. Like, even when, in the previous minutes, when she took the pictures, she zoomed in. Is she thinking, like, that's the guy that carried my bags. That's a worker here. Or is she just like, what's this random dude doing here?
0: I think... Right now she does Right now and She, she she's took the photo it. outside She was like What the hell Where the hell are you going Yeah That She didn't know it was That guy Joe Cause She doesn't seem like the guy Or she doesn't seem like the girl To Remember that You know It was just some dude Carrying my bags so Yeah To hell with you But now This dude is holding her down There's an alien ship And she's like Um <laughs> And And now she's Now she's like, oh, it's that guy.
1: Yeah. All right.
2: Um, I think it's just real quick before we wrap up. That was my final thing. But all the information that you just dropped on me about uh, Kara that's all in the prequel comic, it does highlight one negative that people have said about the new sprawling interconnected universes where stories never end. You're just getting chapters of stories. Is that that was a lot of kind of interesting content that was in one glance of this film that – I had heard Zack Snyder said, well, this is hinting towards something else, but I didn't even know that other story had been told. <laughs> about yeah. Kara Sorrell. Um And so like there's, uh, with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, with the way Star Wars works, with the way DC is trying to build up this one, and every other film production company is trying to get launched these chaptered, films that are part of a larger universe sometimes they're not telling complete stories in and of themselves and sometimes it might be oh i'm laying seeds for a sequel but sometimes it might be oh this is a story idea and like i said i didn't even know that the story had been picked up in this prequel comic for it
1: yeah well even in the prequel comic the story doesn't even finish like you're left so ambiguous knowing that if there's a existing kryptonian on earth and and what happens and what's going on and yada 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 yeah
2: yeah if I any mean, I- I'm sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say I love sprawling narrative universes. Like I, I studied comic books, and the Marvel comic book universe and the DC comic book universe are as, as sprawling and randomly interconnected, and plot threads get get lost all the time. Um, but it, I, I think it's valid to say sometimes it would be nice to have a complete story told in these films.
0: Yeah, which I know the prequel comic pretty much just explained how the scout ship got there, and it also teases Supergirl being part of the universe. Um, i think it's left op- the book is left open-ended mm-hmm. it's hard to call it a book it's really just like what like a a, a one-shot kind of couple um, of pages i think
1: it came out in issues but i got the whole, oh really? I, yeah i don't remember i just oh. got the whole thing all um, in one
0: so it it leaves it open-ended because maybe they want to tell more of it um that's I, what i'm saying i hope for I,
1: another yeah you know another mm-hmm. prequel or another yeah. sequel to prequel <laughs>
0: Yeah. So are you saying you'd, you 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 would want more in the movie or did you want more in the books?
2: I Well, I'm just saying oh, for me it, oh, it's a criticism I've heard about these sprawling universes that they never tell complete stories and it doesn't bother me as much as some but I completely understand that criticism that when people see a movie they want to see the entire story, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. that the movie's trying to tell.
0: Well, I feel like in this movie, like that's not it's not really necessary
1: no cuz well this movie isn't about carlos orrell it's not about this this scout ship these are just things that he came in mm-hmm. contact with his life um i would very much like to see more of that explained in book form i don't know necessarily think i want to see it as you know a whole plot point to a sequel to man of steel but I would like for it to call back to it if we do get another comic series or another, you know, prequel to Man of Steel two or anything like that. Yeah. I, I would prefer it to be book form since we've already established that the prequel comic, you know, was a thing and these events happened in the book, um, you know, further explain them in another book. But that's just mm-hmm. going back to me, you know, liking comic books yeah. in in, you know, succession and, and volumes and whatnot. I can see it
0: with Dawn of Justice being, like you said, more of a chapter than a solid movie, because you're you're opening about the invasion of Kryptonians, you're ending with Batman trying to form a Justice League. Uh, here, though, I feel like Man of Steel is a very like, we sent Clark to Earth, he became Superman by the end of the film. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like this is a very solid film, um, but that right. that might be because this wasn't meant. It wasn't. There was no guarantee that this was going to be a DC Cinematic Universe yeah. at the time. Yeah. So this is a solid film. Um, right. I can even argue that maybe Suicide Squad is a solid film. It doesn't feel like a chapter. It's hard to say because, yes, it is a bad film, <laughs> but I
2: feel like it is. <laughs> Let's say it's a contained film, maybe not a solid film. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: I, I agree. But, like, you're trying to say, like, um, you know, they have – beginning middle and an end you know it, it wraps up what we're what mm-hmm. the storyline and what the plot is right there so right yeah but then again it's it's almost seems like all of these movies uh, kind of wrap up their central plot line versus the only thing that's left open is just the universe as a whole and how they're all connected
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah I, th- I think it's it, it's hit or miss on whether it's a solid film or it just feels like more of a a brick in a larger... A wall. Are
1: we talking about Suicide Squad?
0: No, I'm, I'm just talking about, like, um, all connected universe films. Yeah. Like, I'm talking um, Star Wars or Marvel Cinematic Universe or DC Cinematic Universe. Like, there are some films that they do feel more of, like, a stepping stone than a solid film.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, like, I could, I could go as far as to argue that the Marvel Cinematic Movies, especially in the Phase 1, were all just... Intros to characters where I mean we only have this one movie that's an introduction to a character and then the next movie we just get opening credit scene of another introduction to a character and you know Wonder Woman's gonna be an introduction to a character, but we've already been introduced to that character in Dawn of Justice. So it seems like uh the Marvel movies were kind of just like you said, brick in a greater wall where it's just like, let me just pick this one character out, tell their story, and then move on to another character and then later on, they're all going to end up being in the same universe. Like,
0: I almost feel that way with um, some of the, like, uh, I don't know. Where, like, well, it's hard to say that because then you're saying, like, Empire Strikes Back is that is is almost like a chapter.
2: Right. And that's what, um, whenever anyone says Star, they prefer New Hope to Empire Strikes Back, that's usually the reason is that Empire Strikes Back doesn't finish the story. Star Wars... A New Hope finishes yeah. you know the entire story it wraps up yeah. and Empire strikes back ends on the cliffhanger teasing the next film.
0: Yeah, exactly. So does that is that a bad thing to to be a chapter or I guess it depends, right? mm mm-hmm. Mhm.
2: Yeah, uh, like, and I think audiences are going to have different reactions as to what their expectations are going in. I mean, at, at this point, I think Marvel has trained audiences enough <laughs> that they kind of accept that there's going to be a mid-credits teaser about what's the next chapter of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, and, uh, I, I mean, looking back to when they launched it, like, Iron Man is a pretty well-contained film, and then you get the teaser at the very end that says, here's the next chapter. Mm. And and that was the first launch of Marvel's attempt to build the cinematic universe, and I I think you're right, that Man of Steel, of all um, the ones we have so far, is probably the most complete wrapping everything up.
1: Now, is that... see? It almost seems like it's... Is it a bad way of... Of making these films, where they they are just uh, well, chapters of, of a part of a bigger story, or do cool. you just want them to be self-contained? Well, if you had a, if you it had almost a- seems like Marvel's kind of just like being I don't want to say lazy, but it's it's <laughs> like what you said the audience is trained to expect uh, you know an end credit scene or a mid credit scene where it does lead into something else, and that almost seems it it's just it changed everybody's views on on comic book movies where we're not going to get say like a Watchmen movie that's just you know the entire book done, setting over with, beginning, middle, end. Well,
0: think of it this way because like sometimes a story is too big from the beginning. Like you know it's going to be too big to just do um, one movie because you know like people aren't going to sit there for nine hours. So you have stories like The Lord of the Rings where they're like it kind of has to. I mean they do a great job of each film being its own.
1: On Lord of the Rings? Yeah. Yeah.
0: They they do a good job of uh, just centralizing each individual film. But you know it's one big story that you can't show someone all at once you have to break it up into to multiple films
2: mm-hmm. so,
1: S- so is is it going back is it is it a tone to laziness or is it
0: a not, tone to just well, fan service it depends it depends I, if I'm
2: j- j- oh, I was just gonna say I mean that for comic book movies this is what comic books were doing for decades yeah. before they transferred this kind of storytelling to film so that doesn't seem as uh, problematic to me. (laughs) I mean, if you you were a fan of reading comic books, you understand exactly what Marvel is doing and what now DC is doing because that's what they've been doing since the the 60s, really, is when they they became really interconnected. The Golden Age had some interconnectedness, but not as much from the 60s on.
1: Yeah.
0: And when you read comic books now, like, you get issue one through seven is one volume. Each issue you pick up is almost its own story.
1: Well, yeah, they have arcs.
0: Yeah, but, yeah, and then the then the volumes themselves are a completed arc. And then even collected volumes are a bigger story sometimes. Like omnibuses and such. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I guess we're kind of used to it. And, (laughs) yeah, I guess it really just depends. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't.
2: I agree with that. (laughs) (laughs) And Uh, that that goes back to the comic books themselves, too. Sometimes those issues work uh, by themselves. Sometimes they work as just part of a larger story. Sometimes the whole story works. Sometimes it doesn't.
0: I think what, what matters is, does the, the creator recognize that they're still missing plot holes and then later on it, it, it like all works out in the end? Or mm. are they just left open? And then that's where you go, okay, that's an issue because it yeah. doesn't feel complete now.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think there can be good storytelling in these sprawling universes and there can be bad storytelling just like there is for individual films. So I, I don't think the criticisms necessarily are uh about the way the stories are being told uh it's like our i like what you said like are we telling a cohesive story amongst all these chapters that we're giving you in these films
1: yeah all right Mm -hmm. that was good to me yeah good we can all agree on
0: that uh that's all i got for this one though what about you guys
2: that's all i had
1: Uh, yeah oh wait wait so lois like (laughs) her camera broke Was there an SD card that no one took out? And, you know, she has no proof of this that's happening. I'm sorry, I'm going way back in the minute. But, like, I guess she was, you know, going through this trauma of getting hurt and everything. She didn't care about her camera, and the camera's still on the ship.
2: Is it still on the ship when the ship takes off next minute?
1: I assume. And then, you know, yeah. All right. Yeah, 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 whatever. We see the camera break, and we only see the lens and the batteries fall out. There's (laughs) no memory card. There's no nothing. So that piece of tangible evidence still exists well i've never had an alien whip my camera out of my hand so i wouldn't know <laughs> so i wouldn't i wouldn't know if i'm thinking about grabbing my camera after that yeah all right whatever just uh <laughs> um, well wow, silly yeah well that's it i'm done
0: no i don't well that's a good question because she does end up making a story later on in these minutes so does she get that camera back
2: no i don't think so yeah
0: We'll have to see when she's on that little ice block in the next couple minutes. <laughs> <It's> just <laughs> lay in there, <laughs> yeah. yeah, And then Clark just throws the camera. Here's your camera back. <laughs> <laughs> Drop this. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's all I got. Yeah. I'm good. All right. Um. Alrighty, guys. We're gonna go ahead and wrap up this minute. If you love what you hear, don't forget to rate, subscribe, and do all that jazz. You can find us on all social media at DCU Minute, and don't forget to check out Joe's podcast, Protagonist Podcast. And we'll catch you guys here. Uh, tomorrow on DC Cinematic Minute.